Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, one and all. We're back. Here we are. Insane in the membrane, keeping it, keeping it real, keeping it coming at you. Even the lockdown couldn't stop us. We just kept it coming. We just kept it coming. Uh, and we love doing it. We love you listening to it. So we're going to keep doing it for as long as you want it. And uh, and I think you want it. So uh, before we get into it, before we get into it, uh, we've got a few things to, we've got a bit of admin to talk about. We've got our gig. Third, uh, Thursday the 17th of June, Rich Wilson presents Dark Horse Live Comedy Under the Stars. We're taking the Zoom gig and adding more cameras, lights, a stage and an intimate live audience and it's still interactive on Facebook Live. So I'm going to be emceeing it as it's going to be, as it's my, I'm, I'm presenting it. Uh, we've got producer Paul's going to be manning the screens, he's going to be manning the Facebook Live. So you can get involved, you're at home, you can get involved in the chat, you can heckle, you can get involved and then producer Paul will be relaying to me what you're saying and we can have a bit of, bit of back and forth. Because we really want to, you know, we really want to keep these these online streams going. Because it was it was made aware to me by uh, uh, one of our wonderful listeners, a good friend of mine, Rachel Wells, who didn't really go out before the lockdown. And so, you know, she she just said, that, you know, we felt part of the community. We felt part of something because everybody was watching gigs from home. But now, you know, they, we keep seeing that, you know, oh, this is our last Zoom gig, and we and we, you know, we we're feeling like we're sort of. They're getting left out again. So I was like, oh, that's a really good point. So we were like, right, let's live stream some stuff. So that's what we're going to do. This is this can be live streamed for people that can't go out. Maybe they've got kids or animals or they just or they just don't want to go out. Or they can't go out for whatever reason. So we're going to bring the comedy to you like, we all, like we've been doing for the last year and a half. So Rich Wilson presents Dark Horse Live Comedy uh, Under the Stars. Jen Brister. We've got Clinton Baptiste, the, the, the medium from uh, the fabulous Phoenix Knights. And... We've got uh, Amy Cooper and Vix Layton will be jumping on. You know Vix Layton, she's been on here before. She's also uh, part of our tuned up time machine posse. Can't believe I used the word posse, but it's there. I've used it now. Oh my God, it's like a breakfast show, isn't it? For priority access to tickets to be there outside at the forum in Tunbridge Wells, actually be at the gig and priority access to tickets for the live stream, all you got to do is just submit your email address at darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Uh, no commitment, easy peasy. That's what you got to do. So do that if you want the tickets to, if you want the gigs for the, be there at the actual gig or if they're online. So do that for us, that'd be great. So it's going to be a good night actually. It's going to be a good night. The gigs are coming back. I've been, I've been doing gigs this week and they've been fantastic. People are just giddy to be out. It's really good fun. Comedians are so pleased to be back out doing what they do. So there's a real euphoria around it all. So this gig, I'm telling you now, is going to be first class. You're going to have a really good time. So jump on, you'll have a great time. And also, this podcast is supported by the wonderful dudes that are Stacy and Mark at Save Our Souls Clothing. They're our sponsors. Beautiful, beautiful men that they are. They're, and you should, they're, they're, they're so they're so brilliant. I love them, and they really saved my life during the lockdown by giving me some work. I love those boys, and they love the podcast, which is why they're now got getting behind it. And uh, if you go to uh, sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane and use the 15% discount code membrane, uh, you'll get money off their range plus our range of uh, membrane tees and hoodies. And their stuff is ethically sourced. It is. You're not, you're not giving your money to, to child slavery or, or in, you're not wasting it. It's going to just two excellent dudes that are doing great things over there in Southend. Wonderful, wonderful boys. 
Um, and they are, and uh, even the ink is, is vegan friendly. You can't get better than that. You cannot get better than that. Good quality garms, ethically sourced. Get behind it, Go, get on that, you'll love that. So, I think that's all the admin now. We love a bit of admin, don't we? This is what you have to do now, you have to do all this. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll know we've made it when we start doing adverts for mattresses and Squarespace, you know, like all the other, like all the other podcasts, you know, or, or stamps.com or whatever it is, or some Dollar Shave Club, I believe that's one, maybe we'll do that, I don't know, I don't shave, I've got, I've got a wonderful beard. Anyway, my guest, my guest this week is the wonderful Stuart Laws. Stuart Laws is funny, so funny, I, 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 what, I love his tweets, I love his stuff, the videos he puts out, he's a very, very funny man. And he, he put up a thing the other week, he's like, oh, can I come on, can, anyone got a podcast I can jump on? So I messaged him, I'm like, do you want to come on mine? And he was like, absolutely. So he came on and we had such a lovely chat. Again, it's one of those, um, I've said this before, I was trying to sort of get away from having comedians on because, you know, like we've, there's loads, we've had loads on now and I want to start branching out and, and, and talking to people in other fields. No disrespect to uh, comedians, it's just, I just, you know, I want to talk to other people. And, um, but Stuart is just, he's just such a lovely dude. I'm like, oh, absolutely, let's get him on. So we had him on, we had a great chat. And, and honestly, he's a, he's a really lovely guy. So uh, coming up in a bit, it's Stuart Laws. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Testing. That's me. It's very professional. We've got a sync point now. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is pornography for producer Paul. It is. <laughs> he just he just loves it. Like when I listen to him setting up, I so I'm like oh because he's just so focused on getting the, getting the sound perfect. Yeah, Love yeah. Me. That, um, yeah, but it's good. That's what you need. It's what you need. You need someone that's that does that. You know? Yeah, it's like when we do the radio show. Uh, like there's a like Paul will put some loops on it and like when we're talking so there's a like a loop bed so it's not sort of dead air yeah yeah and sometimes I'll, I'll ask him a question and he's not listening because <laughs> he's too busy <laughs> doing the tech but that's why we love him that's why we love him how you been anyway well, are you alright yeah yeah I'm doing alright I've got a, a a gammy hamstring oh shit that's the safest way to describe it I oh, think yeah. but I'm at that sort of age now where bits of your body just start to react badly yeah, I did. Yeah, I I was I was at a gig back in the summer when in between the lockdowns, and I was crouching down 
and watching. I think Al Murray was on, and I'm sat watching. I was sort of crouching down watching, and then I stood up, and my back of my knee had gone weird. Like really, it was really painful, and it stayed like that for months. Like it's literally just worn off. And that's what happens. It's yeah. you know, you just, whereas before when you're younger, things just sort of snap back, and you're fine. And you, you, that causes you to walk slightly differently. So then <laughs> something else goes wrong because of that. Yeah, yeah. Bring it <laughs> yeah. on! I love yeah. aging. <laughs> and it's funny because I see people. I see people. You see older people limping around and that, and you're like. Oh, I wonder what's going on there. Go and get it looked at, mate. And then it's that. He probably was crouching down watching telly. That's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was Bielsa-ing it. <laughs> so what did you do to your hamstring? Is it just, well, it just went? Yeah, in September when football sort of restarted, so I play 11-a-side mm. team, uh, I jarred my left knee. And because I had got myself into running in lockdown... I'd set myself this arbitrary goal of doing a thousand kilometers in 2020. Wow. And because I'd injured my knee, I was like, well, I can't stop now because then I would have failed on that arbitrary goal. Uh, so I carried on and I probably should have just had like a month off. Mm. And uh, so I've, I think I've then developed a weird running style, which has caused my right hamstring to yeah. overextend. Shit. And uh, this is the we put these things on ourselves, don't we? Like, I must do this. Yes. And, and it's only for you. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, you think you, that someone's going to check in to see if you've done it. No. No. <laughs> you, just, you can just get away. I could have just gone. You know what? I'm not going to do it. And people have been like, you know what? Fair enough. Actually, you're getting you're getting old, and you shouldn't be pushing yourself. <laughs> well, that's the thing as well. People say that they say, like, oh, you know, but you, I, I I have conversations with people all the time. And, and they're like, well, you know, you're getting older now. So I'm like, no, no, no. Just because you can't jump over a fence doesn't mean I can't. Yeah, so watch I'm, me. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I did that classic thing of trying to leap the railings at a crossing. I didn't want to go. The, the, for uh, some reason, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the crossing seemed too far away. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll just leap over this. And I honestly, I, I, I did. Instead of just leaping over it, I kind of leapt onto it. And then kind of fell down the other side. <laughs> and there's cars driving past having the time of their lives. Yeah, look at that old prick. <laughs> also, the perspective on that. I you know when I'm driving and I'm seeing someone 10 metres away from a crossing trying to cross, I'm just going, what are you doing? There's a crossing there. <laughs> For some reason, it just looks too far away. Like, I'll just nip across yeah. here. It's, yeah, the amount of times I've done it, or I've, gone to just, I've just run across the road. And just yeah, in, in all manner of turmoil, cars coming from all angles, and yeah, yeah. and literally to save yourself no seconds, no seconds, no seconds at all. Like you're not, and where you're going isn't. It's not like you're late for something. You just you you were going to the park to get a coffee. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I find that like so. I've got a, a, an office that I've been very lucky to be able to go into and mm. to to do work at it during lockdown um and i find that i will sit in bed till really late and then when i get up and go right now i need to go to work i am in my head like mentally you don't have enough time to just make yourself a coffee and to take it easy you've sat in bed for too long <laughs> so then it's like i rush as quick as i can to get to the office and you just go what, what's going on with my mindset there it's like as soon as i'm out of the bed i'm like i can't believe you're wasting this time <laughs> yeah i know what yeah. you mean yeah i know what you mean it's this is <laughs> yeah i there's been a few times lately where i've just been in bed till late yeah and then and, I, and then i just hate myself yeah and then I'm i like, think that's what it is isn't it yeah yeah because we're told aren't we that you should be we believe all the all the all the tossers online going out always grinding you go oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm the only one that doesn't seem to be grinding <laughs> yeah Hustlers got to hustle. Hustle, hustle. Got to grind. <laughs> the hustle never stops. And like, You're only sending emails, mate. You're sending emails asking yeah. for gigs. <laughs> it's not really. You're not Gordon Gecko like money never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, oh, to be honest, I am quite impressed by people who do email to ask for gigs. All oh, right. <laughs> As someone who's sort of writing that email, I always feel sick. Like oh yeah, it's that weird like. Um, you half 
a sort of like, well, why should I have to send this email? And partly also self-loathing of like, well, I'm fucking pathetic. Why would they ever have me anyway? <laughs> I'm the same. There's a few. There's a few podcasts I would like to be a guest on, and I've already. They've already said no. You're not good enough, and I. They don't even know I want to be on them. <laughs> it's like, I haven't even asked. <laughs> That's true. Oh, well, when I when I sent that tweet out, I fucking hated sending that tweet out that you very <laughs> kindly responded to, because it's like, well, partly my online persona is just someone who's a fucking idiot who's just sort of posting out stupid, stupid stuff. So then to do like a moment of sincerity where it's like, hello, I think I would be quite good to be a podcast guest, and I would like to do that, please. It's such worm behaviour from me. <laughs> it, well, there was a thing. This, I think it was the sincerity against everything else that you do, yeah. and it really. And, it, and that's the thing when people like we we were already talking ourselves out of it, going, "Oh, they won't want me on." But when yeah, you do yeah. actually reach out and say, "Can I? Could I be a guest on something, or can I be a guest on your thing?" Most people go, "Yeah, of course. Yeah, don't yeah. we? Yeah, we just didn't. We've just been busy. We didn't think. We didn't. Yeah." come on yeah and also your online persona suggests that you just do your own stuff and you don't get yeah. <laughs> and you're too 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 stupid and cool to go on anything else well <laughs> thanks very much <laughs> yeah see that's what it is you're too stupid and cool for your own good yeah, yeah. <laughs> but have, um, have you been living on your own or are you with people so i uh have got a flat with my sister um and uh she's it's been a mixture so sometimes she's been at her partner and sometimes so i i sort of quite enjoy that mix to be honest it's sort of nice to have time by yourself i know that a lot of people would disagree with that but it's um it's such a joy sometimes just have an entire flat to yourself yeah i think it's that i think this has been said before on here is that it's it's nice to be on your own i think it's because you know you've got people to go back to Mm. you know it's nice to have that choice whereas some people don't have it and i know I've had a couple of times I've been on my own and and people have been busy and you and it's like oh I don't, oh oh yeah I don't mind being on my own but now this is too long now I need yeah, to yeah. I need to see someone. <laughs> I think but, it's uh, the same yeah. that like when when people like to you know go away and have a retreat or something like that to sort of be by themselves. There's that sort of notion that at the end of it they'll return to normality and it, it's <laughs> is it like. Um, loneliness tourism or something uh, oh, I don't right. know what the, of like people who are privileged enough to not have to go back to loneliness sort of appreciate it yeah yeah um, but if that is your entire life then I'm sure you'd be like I can't believe f- you know what fuck every single person is like you know what it's just lovely to wake up in the flat by myself <laughs> <laughs> not hear a single other voice all day <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> it's funny. I was in. It's, I'm not bragging, but I was away. I was in New York about a, about, about yeah, ten years ago. And <laughs> it doesn't I, sound like you were bragging. No, no. Um, <laughs> you'd be a suspect if you said twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, and it and it was. I was on my own. I'd never been anywhere like that on my own before. I was doing some gigs. And the person I was meant to go with pulled out very, very last minute. So I ended up in New York on my own, which is fine. But then after a while, because I wasn't, I'd never traveled on my own before. I didn't really go very far. So I was a bit mm. worried. I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And kind of kept in, in, I kept in Manhattan. And I went to Brooklyn to see a mate. But yeah, you kind of, I just, oh, I don't, and then I see these people swanning off to the Maldives and the moon <laughs> oh yeah a lot of people off to well not so much these days but i thought to myself that guy's just got out onto the moon and he's all by himself <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah all right mate you're all busy christ <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going as far as mars i don't know how i'd feel <laughs> you see that there's that um that 19 year old uh who's just qualified as an astronaut no I'm, unbelievable 19 19 and she's just qualified as an astronaut. And you just as a think, woman as well, for God's yeah. sake. This is ridiculous. What's happening? What's going on? This is At the pre- age of 19. My God. That's incredible. I mean, she must have been studying it since she was born to yeah. be an astronaut. And I think wow. it's part of the, the Mars 
thing. I, obviously, I've sort of I've only skim read that, you know, whilst I'm sort of half asleep in bed, right. sort of lambasting myself for not getting up. <laughs> um, but stuff like that is absolutely staggering to be that driven. Yeah, uh, that young. Wow. Yeah, when I, I was a I was a dad at twenty. That's that was that was it. I wasn't thinking about going to the moon or Mars. Mind to be fair, that's pretty driven. It, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it did take a took a bit of drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that maybe that's they have to be young because Mars is so far away. By the time oh, you yes. get there, you're going to be fifty. Yeah, well, fight. You remember when you're younger and you see like um, that news report of like some kid who's done their GCSEs at the age of ten or something, and you're like, "What's happening here?" Yeah. I want to see that with an astronaut. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? That. There are I know I know people that were, when I was a kid and they just knew straight away what they wanted to do. They were all yeah. they were very academic and they got stuck in straight away. And now they don't even live amongst us. I don't even know where they are. They just they just went <laughs> off into the upper echelons of where wherever clever people go. <laughs> where do clever people go? Where do clever people go? Um, well, they either go into sketch comedy. Oh yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> they go to Durham, and then they go. Yeah, yeah, and then they get themselves sort of various features written about them in the Guardian. <laughs> uh, did you go to uni? No, no, I, no, I didn't. Um, me and a friend were sort of arrogant and stupid enough at a young age to be. We had. Um, we both were the only people who had digital cameras in our you know, camcorders in our yeah. year at school. So we made short films together, and then his dad, uh, his, yeah, well, his ex head teacher, sort of got in touch with his dad because some sort of link and was like, we need um, we need a film made with the kids at my primary school now. He'd moved on to a primary school, and I know your son's into filmmaking. Would you would he be interested in doing this job? And then my friend's dad was like, why don't you ask Stuart to help you, and you could set up a business and do it. And he was like. Oh no, Stuart, Stuart's going to go to university, so I don't think he'd do it. He's like, just give him a call, ask him. So he called me, asked me, and I immediately went, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll do that. Wow. And then had to formulate the plan to tell my mum and dad that I wouldn't be going to university. And that I think there was a lot of excitement about the fact I was going to university. Oh, shit. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, because neither of them did. So it was like, here we go. It's happening. It's bloody yeah. happening. Middle class, here we come, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went nah I'm getting out there and I'm going to do one of the most middle class things you can do which is run a v video production company I guess <laughs> so yeah so they were kind of they kind of got what they wanted you yeah. know of a, of a of it a depends how you want to pitch it you guys you're either an entrepreneur aren't you or you're a sort of a what's the what's the Alan Sugar version before he became a proper oh you're a yeah <laughs> you're an apprentice yeah you're just a, yeah, yeah. you're just a trier you're just a <laughs> yeah yeah you got a know. van and you're selling video production out the back of it <laughs> I mean, we've got these speakers there, there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> got but a that... couple of talking heads back here if you want them <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, well i never did you do you feel you missed out by not going to uni yeah i think so uh a little bit like i i if i did it again i wouldn't go mm. but like there's definitely like that social side that i feel like uh, and sort of like it took me so long to regain that like love of learning stuff mm. so i was so disconnected with sort of school and education that that's why i started just making films because um, i went to a grammar school which was very sort of obsessed with like training you to pass exams and things yeah. like that and me and my current business partner who you know um, we're still in business together. We're Brilliant. the only two from our year who didn't go to university, and we were sort of. He was sort of. He knew he didn't want to go early on, and he was told by teachers, "Don't be an idiot, go to university. You don't know what you're doing with your life." And he was like, "No, I do. I, I want to make films. I want to do this." Yeah. So it was that sort of attitude in that school because we so we were as pupils able to pass like a verbal reasoning test when we were twelve. We suddenly were. <laughs> promoted into this weird sort of uh become accountants and lawyers sort of school um so yeah i, I there, there's definitely you know all of my friends basically went to yeah. 
to be like oh i'd go along and visit them occasionally and be like oh this is quite cool and you don't have to pay bills or, or do tax returns and yeah yeah that was it <laughs> all yeah. the things that i was doing at that age um so yeah i think definitely that just to the prolong the childhood really but to yeah. be honest i would probably wouldn't be where i am now no it's chatting to you <laughs> there you go well yeah. this is it i didn't go to uni either it was never an option no one ever mentioned it to me it was mm. i was obviously never destined to go and and i never felt that i'd missed out until i got into comedy and then everybody i met had been to uni and everyone talks about uni and and then you'd, i'd go to their where they were staying and you could see that they'd been to uni like they, the way that, that it was all set up and the the and yeah just the, just like photos around the in certain around the bed and then there were certain yeah it's like certain things that look like you it's like in a university dorm you know it's it's so weird isn't it and like the collection collecting of like beer bottles and beer cans <laughs> <laughs> sort of this time you go into people's things like why have you got a collection of different empty bottles yeah <laughs> what's happened here <laughs> and there's yeah there's all photos of various it's like a collage of photos at the, yeah. uh, on the wall next to the bed and various and then there's a there's a cork board as well with bits of paper on and post-it yes. notes and things it's all very organized and all very all very uni whereas uni over uni and i've seen I, i've got a plastic bag full of receipts and tax returns <laughs> you know i've got the exact sort of uh, like you know like tickets to things or like you know the the memory box or things like that i've never ever oh ever, yeah organized it in display it's always just pop that in a bag pop that into that then larger box and then every now and then when i move house i'll sort of chuck a few things out from it yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay actually you know what i'm gonna eternal sunshine of the spotless mind myself here and get rid of that section of my life yeah when i want to watch you... notting hill three times in a week <laughs> <laughs> i do that i tend to yeah well, I'll just have a massive purge and just go right. I don't, I don't, ha I don't need any of that. Get rid of it. I, I had a massive box of CDs, mm. and I didn't even look into what they were. I just gave them to the charity shop. And every now and again, I'm like, oh, "Where's that? Oh, I had that. Oh, you can't get that online. Ah, bollocks. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Some some wonderful man has picked it. Oh, some person has picked it up for fifty p. Yeah, yeah. In a mind <laughs> shop, and it's worth five hundred quid. <laughs> We had that with my dad used to collect um, vinyls. Oh, hello, oh. hello. I'm back. There he is. Sorry, sorry about that. Someone started right, calling mate. me for some reason. Don't worry. Um, I thought it Zoom stopped that. Um, so yeah, my dad used to collect vinyls, and he had maybe six, seven hundred of them, and sort of all stacked up, including sort of you know like. Uh, numbered white albums. Um, wow. Um, the I can't remember which one it was. It maybe it was a Sergeant Pepper with with a hologram sort of front cover. Sort Shit. Of I have no idea where they are now. Oh wow! I think just, they might be just completely just just thrown away at some point. Oh, oh god, that breaks my heart. Yeah. Uh, at least my dad, my dad gave me his collection. He went, well, I don't play them. I know you're into them. And uh, yeah, he gave them to me, so I was very lucky. Um, but, oh what's God, your, what's your standout? What's your standout? Um, I've got uh, an original White album from Oof. by the Beatles. Yeah, that, when that came out, so I've got that. But it's a bit, it's a bit. Well, as they say, it's been well loved. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think there's a there's a couple of Dylan albums in there that are quite. They're, they're, they're all from when they came out, so I'm quite chuffed with that. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we do that, don't we? We just we we get to a point. We go, oh, I don't need this anymore. And then twenty years later, they go, Oh, that's actually you could pay your house off with that. Yeah. Oh, oh, I feel that in a skip. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there? I think it is a, a Jimmy Carr joke or routine from a long time ago, which was like basically the. Pre I won't try and do it, but the premise was that you spend your entire life collecting things and then you die and then your relatives come over and chuck it all away. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. 
all these things that are important to you yeah yeah they'll come over and go that's just a load of old shit get rid of that yeah anyone want this nah <laughs> My sister started putting her name on things with my mum and dad's. <laughs> and I just went, come on, man. That, it really? This, let's not do that. I mean, yeah. that's shit anyway. Who wants a, who wants a, <laughs> a wooden horse anyway? But come on, man. They're still here. Stop. What do you mean, who wants a wooden horse? <laughs> some... Isn't there, isn't there a story about some people that really wanted a wooden horse? Oh, well, they did, didn't they? Yeah, well, they, yeah. They, well, they didn't by the end, did they? Yeah, they yeah, made well, that. Your yeah. sister should have learnt that lesson. Absolutely. She's no idea what was in that horse. <laughs> we have to be careful. We don't want to give, any, uh, give anything away. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, so you got like, you know, this is a, when I say this is a mental health podcast, it's very, mm. that's kind of like the jumping off point. Um, and it's, we so don't, you jump off with your... Jump with your, off your yeah. biggest sort of mental health problems <laughs> and then you just get lighter and lighter as the podcast goes yeah. <laughs> well it kind of goes where you want <coughs> like we i don't we don't sometimes it gets quite we get really stuck in and that's just where the conversation goes but sometimes we don't and it's i think it's just people listening to the stories of of, of the guests mm. and people just sort of take from it what they want but you know i mean do you have your mental health have you been you know is it like everybody else you're up and down you have your good days and you're bad you know and well, i saw a thing recently which was like a like a wheel of privilege sort of thing and on mental health it was like just you could easily go through it and it would be like the you know most privileged to least privileged mm. and on the mental health thing was uh was it robust or something like that right um and i'd say i was am largely robust yeah. mental health wise like I feel very lucky about that um, and you know majority of things can sort of take in my stride or I will sort of have a quiet evening and then sort of be absolutely fine about things um, but there you know there's definitely been times where probably what's happened is that that robustness has just been a deferral so you defer your yeah your breakdown until in you know you take those easily manageable chunks you put them all together and you defer it to one massive blowout <laughs> uh, um, yeah which i think is is a is uh not a uh male only problem but it's definitely um something that people who have been raised uh as as more masculine definitely yeah. seem to fall into that bracket sort of thing right yeah 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 definitely and i think the older people the reason that people weren't having these conversations before was that they didn't feel they didn't have time they were mm. they were working you no know, hard jobs like proper factories and down mines and things like that and and it, it, we, yeah like you say they didn't you know they were it, yeah they didn't have the they weren't privileged there's a privilege to having more time to think about about these things whereas they were just like i need to go to work i need to get that work done i need to get some money and then pay the bills and yeah feed my family yes i'm depressed yeah i'm i'm fucked off yes i wish things were different but i don't have time to think about that so i'm going to go to the pub and have a few pints and yeah. punch a stranger yeah and then bam that's a, that's the big reset yeah that's it like, oh i feel better now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that stranger doesn't know what a what a wonderful help they've been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, it's the circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll go off and have a few pints because he got picked on, and then he'll punch someone, and round and, and round and we it. go. Here we go. And here we go. <laughs> I mean, how how is how is yours at the moment? Um, right. Yeah, up and down, up and down. I've gone through the f a phase of beating myself up about past things, for, and uh, I don't know why. It, I yeah. do, I do that, and then, and then someone very close to me just said, "You're so worried about making amends for the about the past that you're fucking up the future." And you go, oh yeah, I suppose I am, and and been lucky enough to speak to people from my past, and they go, "I don't know what you're on about. Yeah, you're a bit of a dick, but I haven't." <laughs> it's, it's the arrogance thinking that they're still thinking about what you did. They're like, they've already had, they've got their own problems. Yes, and there is, uh, I mean, there is a level of narcissism isn't there too and, and, and you know it maybe wouldn't be classified as narcissism i don't know what it is, but like you know we are central to our narratives and mm. therefore we sort of assume 
greater significance to uh, yeah. uh, you know of our positioning in other people's narratives whereas likelihood is yeah maybe you were a bit of a dick but they've got way up they've got way more problems to sort of be thinking about this person yeah. that was a bit of a dick to them once yeah exactly um, yeah it's, it's yeah. exactly that it's that yeah like you just think they're sat on the bed going oh that bastard I can't I wait to saw this <laughs> <laughs> oh, and really, I can't wait to fucking see this guy. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make it my life's work to bring him down. <laughs> like but I'm, I guess like, that's a, a creative thing as well, right? I guess is we constantly are sort of viewing the world and trying to sort of express a perspective on it. Yeah, and so yeah. we. Yeah, and part of that inherently is this sort of centering of ourselves in it and increasing the value of our perspective on the world and what we bring to it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, I guess we're just pathetic worms and no nothing really means anything. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the other thing as well, the things that, like, a hundred years ago there were people going, oh, no, I've been a bit of a dick. I shouldn't have punched that bloke in the pub on Friday. Yeah. Uh, but that was a hundred years ago. No one's alive now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, don't yeah. listen. I'm joking when I say this. When people listening, I'm not saying go down the pub and punch someone. I'm just saying that's why. Are you winking? Like. Why are you winking? <laughs> <laughs> right, Stu. Right, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, now I guess you could film yourself going down the pub and having a punch up, pop it on YouTube, and then it will outlive you. I guess. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, your cuntiness will will yeah. outlive you. Yeah, <laughs> your cuntiness will endure. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what saying that yes i mean people talk about ever like living forever and it's just going to be a load of videos of people dancing yeah. now isn't it it's going to be we want uh yeah you want to be known for good things that you did and interesting things that you did but there's going to be just a load of videos of families it's like holiday photos they're just going to live on forever oh well, this is actually <laughs> So, um, we, this is something, was, was I listening to, maybe it was the Dean Burnett album. Oh, yeah. Uh, album, episode. Yeah. Yeah, I called it the album. <laughs> the album. Um, were you talking about digital photos in that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, this sort of thing where you just now get to the, um, you just have this huge collection of, of digital photos that no one knows what to do with. Yeah. Um, whereas um, my mum gave me and my sister are like a little box of she she's just moved house she was clearing out some stuff and found a big box of like old photos and things like that and you just go oh great and like written on the back is like details of like it was what my dad did with like photos of him when he was 20 like in coogee bay in um australia and things like that where you just go oh that's great that yeah. exists whereas oh i'm not gonna have kids so uh, less of this issue i guess but um whoever in the future looking back at my life would have to sort of get access to the hard drive that all my private photos are on yeah and i guess you've got the metadata burnt in but you're still like what what's the story here who is this person and who's that yeah um, <laughs> all these old hard drives stacked up in a dusty yeah. old dusty old <laughs> shop you've got about 30 different computers with different connections to it to sort of work out uh, yeah, how to get access to it. I guess the cloud will change things on that in that you'll be able to then curate. Maybe there should be a more emphasis on people curating a like uh, a gallery of images that are accessible once you pass. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Tell a story. Yeah. Tell a story of you. That yeah. kind of time capsule of, oh, this is what this person was all about. Um, yeah, because you find, I know people, there's someone I know, and they love to find <clears throat> bo uh, b boxes of old photographs and uh, negatives in, in old mm. shops, and, and then they take them home, and they look at them, and they're like, oh, this is just, like, she, she found a load, what, she, she found a, a load of love letters for, uh, from a woman to this, uh, someone that, a soldier that was abroad. And it's a, it's, and she had a, you know, she had a look at some of them, and, <clears throat> and it turns out that, yeah, and then she she suddenly realised, oh, well, if I if I've got the letters, where's the man? Where how did these letters come to still be together? So then now there's this whole story evolving. Yeah, and that's interesting. And that we I won't have that anymore. 
it's that weird thing of like that was their most private intimate sort of back and forth that now that no one knows who they are it's like this curio and fascinating thing that can be shared with other people it's so weird to think of like private letters that you've written or you know your texts or something like that (laughs) that's in that being a thing that someone collects in years to come whatsapp group messages the whatsapp (laughs) groups (laughs) pouring over it the absolute filth that gets if if those if a lot of what someone said if uh, if someone published these whatsapp groups we'd all be fucked (laughs) (laughs) well i guess in the future there might be podcasts that are like trying to track down who is this person that keeps having images of them screenshotted and shared in this whatsapp group (laughs) (laughs) the greatest fear is not that you're being ignored it's that you're being screenshotted (laughs) you're like that yeah you get built up as like the hitler of your time (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) whereas it just you just did some shit jokes on twitter just some shit jokes (laughs) yeah just got it a bit wrong yeah, and now everyone's just, oh god, it's yeah, but it, it, yeah, it all does seem a little bit, yeah, now and it, and in the future there won't be there won't be these like huge records of what's been before, mm. which is this is fun, digital digital archaeologists are going to have to come in, yeah, yeah, people that want to sift through all that shit, all the dick pics and the. <laughs> Maybe that bit. Maybe it'd just be the dick pics that will endure, and it'd just be all. Oh, be... All the men just sent pictures of their penises every day, all the time. It was a it was a thirty to forty year period where the only thing that exists and remains from society is just dick pics. <laughs> I'd, it would be, I'd be a, delighted to read history books in a thousand years' time, and they're trying to understand this period of time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you've got the Easter Easter Island heads. You've got Stonehenge, <laughs> and then you've got dick pics from Brian in Bromley. And they all just stopped randomly when the sea levels rise too much, <laughs> and the world burnt. It's weird that the world was flooded and burning at the same time. Yeah, it's strange. Isn't it? <laughs> and still, they sent their dick pics. <laughs> 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 maybe that's what it is maybe when when you get too stressed you just send a picture of your penis to someone and it calms you down I don't know yeah. I, will, I, will, I will never find out <laughs> 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 I don't know but that uh, I, yeah it's, it's a funny one isn't it I, I, I think that's it as well like you said because of what we do the nature of what we do we do overanalyze mm. e- everything and everything I, I, get, I do I get affected by everything it's a bit like this morning I'm seeing all the the troubles rising again in in Ireland and I'm, and it really made me sad to see I was like because it's all so unnecessary you know this all the conflict in the world it's just, you, when you when you boil it down you go oh, it's just just it's just some mad fucking power hungry dickhead just causing a ruckus and just just let me buy stuff off Amazon and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> From that mad power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it just seems to, if you, uh, uh, this comes up a lot, and I know it, you know, social mm. media t- tends to amplify all, all these things, and I'm, I'm, you know, these things have always been happening, haven't they? So, it's, yeah. yeah. I definitely think that there's, there is a huge amount of anxiety in, in comedy or slash creative sort of industry and there's definitely something that i've i've never struggled with with performing mm. i just some have this sort of weird like yep i'll go and do it occasionally something you know a specific gig will get to me or like uh, i'd like you know this person to come and see it or whatever mm. but largely i've been very lucky in that it doesn't i, I seem to be able to just go straight on maybe the, maybe one minute before you know when you were waiting in the wings and they're about to call your name and you're just like when when's it gonna happen do i <laughs> do i stop thinking about my set now do i start thinking about how i'm walking on yeah <laughs> but largely i'm absolutely fine and there's been people that you know in the industry who i'm I, i've spoken to i've been like I don't, I don't mean this in a negative way or to deny how you're feeling but have you tried not discussing how anxious you're feeling before a gig just not verbalizing it mm. and just because they would go to gigs and they'd be like yeah oh man oh man i'm not looking forward to this and i was like maybe if you don't verbalize it you'll just normalize not feeling anxious about right yeah because at the moment the fact that you talk about it before every single gig means that your brain goes 
this is that thing I do where I feel anxious beforehand. Yeah. Um, and it, it definitely, I, I don't know, some people need that anxiety, right? They need that sort of potential mm. energy to sort of propel them onto stage. But I feel like there's so much in this, this industry that people do get caught up in and like the politics of it and how they're doing versus how other people are doing that I just, it feels very unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. <clears throat> it comes out, it manifests in different ways. I see people scribble down their notes and scribbling and it, this mad panic just before they go on. Mm. And then they do that They do that at every single gig I'm with them at. And then they go on and do the same set. And you're like, what are you writing down? What is it? Yeah. What, what are you... I mean, it's not word for word, but it's like you're doing you're doing the same stuff. What is this ritual you're now putting yourself through that you could probably I, 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 I was told, you know, just go to the side, just stand off to the side. Don't talk to anyone because you, you're using up too much energy and just mm. get your head together. Just go. Yeah. yeah. Deep breaths. Go. Yeah. You've, you've done this a, a thousand times. You can do this again. You're going to be fine. I definitely you know? think there's so I, I direct uh stand-up comedy shows as well and saying mm. that i and maybe this applies partly to it but it's um in preview time a big thing that i want people to do is to take the show that they've gotten used to doing in a certain order and break it and i feel there is maybe something yeah. in mental health with sort of breaking a pattern deliberately so yeah. it's like if a thing that you're doing is making you anxious because you get there half an hour early you sit there you're going through you start scribbling and all that well you know what turn up one minute before just yeah. break that pattern and just see what happens and with previews i'm like right that big reveal that you've got at the 40 minute mark i want you to walk on stage and tell them that and tell them that that's what the show's about yeah and do the show from that point and just see how it changes the links between material changes how you perform it yeah it might not work but it might provoke you to think about it in a different way that's brilliant which can be yeah. useful yeah it's like letting go of the handrail isn't it when you're ice skating yeah all right i'm gonna i'm well, gonna go i'm gonna go into the middle <laughs> yeah that's genuinely terrified me <laughs> yeah i did i felt my thighs go you know when you yeah. let go your thighs stiffen up <laughs> i'm gonna go uh, and all you're thinking about is all of those stories that you've been told about people who've lost their fingers <laughs> always, <laughs> like they're actual blades that people yeah, are yeah. around on <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's true man i um, well, that's really interesting what you say is that yeah coming out of that it's like i always say to people like when people say have you got any advice Hmm. and I say not really you'll find your own way when, as you go along but what I will say is if you get offered the chance then I would MC if anyone says do you want to MC I'd say yes hmm. because it brings you out of the 20 minutes that you've got and it and it helps you to flex a little bit and, and, and helps you react to the room if someone if something happens yeah. you're able to come out of what you're doing deal with it and either go back to where you were or ditch that and carry on but even that, even explaining to people, go well. That bit's not going to be funny now because that happened. So look, we'll go. We'll maybe we'll come back to that later. But we're going to do this now. You know, just yeah, I, yeah. Being, I think people are so worried about their performance that they forget to be like in the moment and real. And and people love people love that when you turn around and go, fuck. Well, what 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 should we do now? What you know, like yeah. have fun with it. You know, because it's comedy. It's supposed to be fun. Gen genuinely that was the biggest i my first few years i started stand-up in 2006 and the first four or five years i was like quitting and restarting yeah. and bobby carroll kept booking me so i kept on having to do gigs because <laughs> oh, <Bobby. laughs> i love bobby so much I was like, yeah, I yeah fine i come do it um but my biggest problem was it was that i didn't like what i was doing on stage i didn't feel comfortable yes. it was like i didn't know what my voice was i didn't know how to express being funny in real life yes. on a stage holding a microphone and the formality of that and the thing that made it click for me was just going on with no material and it was oh, because yeah. I'd started comparing because I'd sort of in my mind been like oh, I hate this I'm not doing well so I'd compared a few gigs and I'd gone up with no material and I just had been like don't be funny just introduce the acts and just fucking go home um and then that was like, oh, I found a funny thing there. 
Mm. And so then I started doing that with my actual sets. And that was, I wouldn't do it now because, you know, that was almost, it was basically there, me trying to break the programming that yeah. I built up in my head. And it allowed me to find how to be myself on stage and comparing definitely and trying people trying to make people do it without material is tough because people are so scared of not doing material yeah but it, if it's a couple of small gigs and you're just you're just bringing on acts you can do that and you can find the funny yeah and it's so so useful genuinely like completely changed yeah what i did on stage and made me find what you know, the way that I, my fr- you know, the friends that t- say, oh, you should do stand-up or you're funny, you should do that. Early years were just like, yeah, good good on you for doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually, <laughs> and suddenly when it all switched, they're like, you found it, you've, you've yeah. done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that remembering, because <clears throat> people forget, they go, you're like, no, you're, you're funny, you are funny. Mm. It doesn't even matter what you say, you're going to find, you're going to be funny because you are funny. And when I remembered that, when I realised that, that's when things changed for me. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, you, you get laughs. You you get laughs in, in your life. You get laughs on stage. That that means you're funny. So yeah. you're and I yeah, like you, I didn't I didn't have my voice for years. Only in very recently I suddenly just I was talking to Mike Wilmot, Canadian comic. Mm. And he said, and I said, oh, I just love these comics that just walk out. I said, like you, you just walk out and you start talking and it's, oh, I love it. And he went, well, just walk out and start talking then. I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, yeah, it made, yeah, and it just completely loosened me up and I feel more comfortable now on stage than I do in everyday life. And yeah. it's not, it's not because of a narcissistic need for attention. That's what came up during the lockdowns as well. I was speaking to a lot of other comics. They go, oh, I just need to be on stage. I need to be on stage. I need to hear the roar of the crowd and this and that. And I'm like, I don't need that. Mm. I just feel better up on stage making people laugh because I don't have to think think about bills and reality. I'm just up up on stage making people laugh. And I yeah, that's yeah. why I want to do it. Yeah. I also feel like, you know, obviously it is a live medium and part of it is that spontaneity but also mm. when you're there and you are talking about things i don't know about you but i assume it's the same you'll spend some time beforehand working on that thing that you want to talk about before yeah. just immediately talking about i think maybe it's slightly different now in that you know with experience you become better at articulating mm. or knowing when to articulate certain things that you wouldn't otherwise talk about Whereas in real life, if you're having that personal conversation, sometimes it can be a bit like, oh, I, I actually don't know what I think about this yet. Or I don't know yeah. what I think enough to articulate it to others. Which yeah. stand-up allows you that little bit of time to like be like, I'm going to have to say this to strangers, therefore I'm going to have to really know what I feel about this before I before yeah. I do it. Well, like, I, your yeah. stand-up must have changed, shift, not changed, shifted, I guess. Or like your comedy, like... yeah. Um, uh, as you've gotten older maybe yeah well yeah it used to be oh you know you're out with your mates and you're getting on mm. it and blah blah and now it's like you know and you used to get on it get on it and now you're like <laughs> this, you know you're like this you, you people do yeah it has changed it has changed and I, I, I was worried that my opinions were wrong about mm. things like I I was worried about oh shit is my take on this going to be wrong is it? And I'm like, well, yeah. it's your take. Opinions are neither right or wrong. They're opinions, aren't they? But I was always worried. I remember wanting to talk about certain things and go, fuck, will I be seen as homophobic? Will I be seen as racist? Will I be seen? And I'm like, well, no, because I'm not homophobic and I'm not racist. So it's not going to come across like that. Yeah, yeah. What I meant was, is that I couldn't, I couldn't, um, yeah, I couldn't explain myself. I couldn't explain properly what I meant. And that was what I worried about rather than, yeah, I've, I was worried it would get misconstrued rather than uh, rather than I was going to say something that was blatantly racist and homophobic. This yes. is, I mean, me explaining this now sounds shit. I don't want to be those things. Well, well, you sound racist and homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> for the people that are listening, I am doing this from under a hood. Uh, <laughs> hood of a car. <laughs> You're fixing someone else's car who is car. gay. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that was it. It was like worrying about these things, and I'm like, why am I worried about those things? I'm not those things. So what I say won't be won't come across like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Uh, so I feel like this is a, this is a definitely a privilege that is afforded um, white mm. cishet men in that we can get up on stage and talk about whatever we want right and we don't have to explain to anyone the thing that everyone's noticing about us because yeah. we're seen as normal yeah that throughout my stand-up i've never ever been like well here's a thing i have to address i've just been able yeah. to just go i want to talk about whatever i want so i can do that yeah and that sort of sort of is remarkably freeing and i guess is another on top of the original privilege you get that extra privilege where you're just like yeah i just talk about whatever i want that's quite yeah. exciting and it's freeing whereas some people to do stand-up or to do any sort of public creativity is they have to f free themselves from the shackles of what everyone expects them to talk about first yeah true yeah yeah you don't realize the word privilege that when that started to come up people you know white privilege white, and you do straight away you're like well i'm skin how can i be privileged mm. and then you then you look into it you go oh no they don't mean that that's not what they're talking about they're talking about the fact that yeah i can go up on stage i can talk about what i want and i don't yeah like you said i don't have to address anything first yeah and for me like starting a company when i was 18 yeah it required yeah. you know some things and but and some you know hard a lot of hard work and a lot of that obviously has gone into it to still be going 18 years later but at the start of it we were two 18 year old white boys who people viewed as like oh good on you for getting out there and doing it and yeah. we were given opportunities by people who were like impressed by us doing it rather than thinking what why are they doing that yeah and there is there was an inherent built-in benefit to, to you know that allowed us to sort of succeed there where whereas you know if we had been black then there's a, every every chance that those people wouldn't have looked at us and thought good on them it would yeah. have been just like what's going on there what are they mucking about are they yeah 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 yes yeah, true absolutely true it's it and it's only like i say it's only been the last couple of years that you kind of realize <clears throat> that mm. that we've had that privilege and i I remember oh well, that was I was talking to someone recently and they and they and I love them dearly but they were going oh I'm fed up with this it's black people on everything now it's getting rammed down our throats and I'm like no no, no it's not been this way for yeah. years it's been there might be the odd character in a in a film that was black or chinese or or from or a different different ethnicity you're you're just used to it all being your way and now you're, and now you're, ah, oh, it's been, I'm like, look, I, I, it's just, we, this has to happen. This has to be this way. Change has to happen because it can't just be all white people doing all everything, you know? Yeah. Imagine, and it, you know, it's the noticing of it that it's like, you're like, well, you're only noticing it because you got so comfortable with, with how it was and you liked that comfort of everyone just looking like you. Yeah you're just slightly uncomfortable now that there are there's there's stuff for other people on your tv now <laughs> yeah i know and you're like yeah this is how it is you shouldn't yeah you shouldn't even notice it it shouldn't be a thing but you are and it and it you know they are like everyone's gay on everything it's like yeah but the characters in that that be them being gay isn't even it's not part of the storyline have you not met gen z Everyone's yeah. gay. <laughs> Everybody. I remember seeing it was it. Um, it was yeah, Bisexual Awareness Day, and someone said you can't all be bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> but that comes up a lot as well. People are more fluid than than you realise. Like I, I've said this recently. Into, you know, I grew up with it was men and women, and you and you and you and you. You know, there were there were people did that. People were gay, but you know, it wasn't really. It, it was like it wasn't in my sort of sphere. You know, mm. a lot that I knew of, and then, and then, yeah, and then I was called like, well, you're a straight man, so you like women. Mm. It's only now when you're older you go, I find him really attractive. I don't necessarily want to have sex with him, or, but I like, I like being in his company. I like his smell, and it, yeah. and it's, you know, and it's. You like his dick pics. Love is, yeah. That's what, <laughs> well, that's what, that's why we're friends. It was just, <laughs> you know, I was sat on a train, had my Bluetooth on, and wham. <laughs> yeah, that is that's amateur hour actually. <laughs> yeah.
Well, you could do it by you know the privacy of his own phone. I mean, it used to be you had to <laughs> actually physically get them out. Yes, yeah, we yeah. had to deliver it. Uh, you know, a beautifully printed out dick pic. <laughs> Um, it's just a little back on the door and you say hi in this envelope is a dick pic if you don't want to see it simply put it straight in the recycling <laughs> sorry uh yeah sorry mrs smith is your son in i have this have a delivery um but yeah there is definitely i mean i think about that and whether or not if i'd been raised in a time where um there what it wasn't expressly basically two genders yeah um what how that would affect me because as a kid i loved football absolutely loved football so much yeah but like i never ever felt comfortable around football fan or like it, on football teams i always felt sort of other in that and i know everyone's got that whole thing of growing up and feeling other but like yeah there was definitely i didn't connect with the sort of the masculinity of it yes yeah, same struggled enormously with that and definitely sort of always felt like i was not a proper boy sort of growing up but like yeah. at no at no point have i sort of been in a culture where that was something that you would question and you know now in my 30 i mean i'm fine with it but like i imagine that if there was a um a more openness to that when i was younger it's definitely something i would have explored and you know non-binary or you know not fully uh identifying as as a as a man yeah. yeah there's definitely stuff in that and i definitely don't think that there's anything to do with your genitals that sort of influences that which yeah. is the thing that takes a long time for people to get over like but but they've got a dick yeah. it's not to do with that <laughs> yeah 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 well that's something I, i've said this before in past episodes that there is yeah that i yeah i i'm now getting my head around that there's someone that i find really attractive but they have a penis, and and it and it and and because of the way I've grown, the era I grew up in, mm. I am now dealing with all the old bullshit, you know. Like, but they're but they're beautiful, but they have a penis, and you know, you're like, but I bet it's a handsome penis, and you're like, you know, it's. <laughs> No one's I'm, ever described a penis as handsome. <laughs> I don't know any. I, I saw one that was pretty handsome. It was actually your, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll that back. That was cheap. I think uh, to, to, for too long penises have been dismissed as the uh, as the uh, as, as the ugly na naked mole rat <laughs> of appendages. And we, it's time to say that some dicks are handsome. They really are. They are, and it, so I'm dealing. I was dealing with all that. I'm like, oh, I find you attractive, but you have a penis, and it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it, but it's all the old bullshit that's been pumped into you because you don't grow up. You don't. You're not born that way with those things in you. It's no. just everything that's pumped into you. And um, why? Well, but I'm really. I, I'm like you. I was like going clubbing when I was younger. And it, and it was with like men that appeared to be sort of like proper men. We're mm. going on the, we're going on the fucking pool. If you can't pull in here, then it's something wrong with you and all that. And I never pulled in any of these places. <laughs> Just, <laughs> so I always felt I, there was something wrong with me, you know. And and I'd always get the piss taken out of me because I wore slightly different clothing to other people. Like you know, I had kickers, but they were bright salmon pink. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, and think because, just, but even that, I just felt. I remember wearing those out for the first time and was petrified that I was going to get my head kicked in because I was yeah. wearing bright pink kickers. I definitely think it was something that, as as I maybe in my later twenties, started to feel way more comfortable with being like, oh yeah, I, I will sort of try more deliberately to like not adhere to all those gender norms. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I think very much, you know, if, if anyone saw me be like, oh yeah, that, that's, that's a bloke, fine, move on. But like, it's just, it's, I think there is subtle things like that, that you can be like, yeah, why would I shy away from more feminine colors or yeah. feminine clothes or things like that? I, de I remember when I was younger, like I would have been like 10, 11, 12, um, would be playing football all the time love playing mm. football anytime i could would always be playing football but the person that i end up playing football with most was a girl who just lived around the corner who was what you would describe back in those days as a tomboy yes and so we would just be constantly kicking the ball about and there was no hint of like we fancied each other it was literally just like we're two 
people who are absolutely desperate to play football and can't find anyone else who wants to play football as much as we do. Yeah. Um, but you know, she had short hair and you know, I, you know, visually would be uh, more masculine. But it was just uh, you know, and then I was sort of tiny little boy. <laughs> so I think she was taller than me, stronger than me, all of these things. But like, we just wanted to kick the ball about all the time. Yeah. I wonder what she's up to now. She was called Claire. Yeah. Shall find her. Yeah, go on to Friendster. <laughs> Friends reunited and try and find her. I see. I had a, yeah, there was a girl, Janet Baker, when I was ten, and I remember she joined our class like sort of halfway through the year, and I remember her sitting down. I'm like, oh wow, ten. I didn't know. I just had these weird, strange feelings for Janet Baker, and and then we'd hang out outside of school, and she always seemed quite, quite hard. You know, and and uh, yeah, and I always found her. I, I always, yeah, I did it. I didn't. I just wanted to just play. I just always wanted to play with her, and not really my other mates that were just all about football and fighting. And you know, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I just I wonder what she's doing. How many doing fights now. you been in? Oh, do you know what? I was in Alpington the other day where I grew up, and I walked through, and I went, oh, I got my head kicked in over there. Oh, and over there, and over there. Was never very good at fighting. I always used to get get beaten up. So yeah, and then one time I did sort of fight back. I hurt myself. So ah. yeah, never been. I I I I'm, I have this. I know I appear to be this geezer that can sort of take care of himself, but fucking useless. I'd would, I'd probably get into a fight. I go, oh mate, I love your shoes. Where'd you get them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, stop kicking me. You'll get blood yeah. on them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're going to ruin these, mate. They're swaying. Come on. Have you got a spray on them? <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, Stu, this has been lovely. Had a lovely little chat. I've enjoyed really this. Nice. Yeah, really nice. Uh, where can we find you online? Uh, I'm on all the places. But stuartlaws.com, that's got... Um, I've released a series recently called Grave New World. Brilliant. And that is... Uh, it's available on Vimeo On Demand. And it is now currently available on Prime Video. Although, weirdly, only two of the four episodes are up there. But it's okay. a um, it's a web series about uh, life after a pandemic. It's hosted Excellent. by me. Um, we've got an amazing cast of people in it. Like James A. Caster, Heidi Regan, Evelyn Mock, Harriet Kemsley, Annie McGrath, Suna Patel. Wow. Wow. Great cast. Yeah, man. Um, and it's incredible. And th- I'm very proud of it. I think yeah. it's worth checking out. Excellent, and we will. We put we can put the links up as well, connected to this, so everyone can find it. Stuart, Lovely. thank you so much. I've really thank enjoyed you. you being on. And honestly, like I say, every time I, I go, never, <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't help it. But uh, this has been lovely. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Insane in the membrane. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.